praise him this morning. Will you give God thanks that you do have faith? Amen. Yeah, give him thanks like you mean it. Give him thanks like you mean it. Give him thanks. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. I want you to express your love back to him. Thank you, Father. Will you give him thanks? Give him thanks. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. And we thank you. Blessed be the God and Father. Will you bless him as your father? There's love in the house today. There's a lot of love in this house. There's a lot of love in the presence of God. Just put your hand over your heart and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for equipping me. Thank you that I do have faith if I'm born again. I have faith. You've given me a measure of faith. And I have faith to believe. And today I choose to believe you. I choose to believe your words are true. I add the amen to every single thing. Will you say from your own heart, I do have faith. God gave me faith. I'm not without it. Jesus said, have the faith of God. He gave us that. What I want you to do, says God's ministry to us through these songs. I want you to pray for your family and those next to you. And you don't have to ask for faith. You have faith. If you're born again and you've accepted Jesus, you've got the faith of God in your heart. Paul the Apostle said, we've been given a measure of it. And I want you to pray, just like that song that she got from the Lord. Pray believing. Pray agreeing. Pray speaking. Whatever that need is. Amen? There's a lot of needs in the house, but there's a lot of love. Galatians says, faith works by love. you got that love of God in your heart. Work that faith. Pray for your neighbors right now. Break up in groups, two of you. Three, pray for those needs. There's a lot of needs in the house, but there's a lot of love in the house. There's a lot of faith in the house. Don't be shy. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. It's the heart of God. Pray for one another. It's the heart of the Lord. Pray for one another. given us faith. Faith to believe. Faith to change things. Faith to please Him. For without faith it's impossible to please Him. And he that comes to God, Hebrews 11 says, must believe that He is. And He is. He is. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Father, we position ourselves in prayer today. And we pray and agree for every need in this house, every person's request being made known unto you. Every tear that's being shed right now, you're answering that for their lives. We have faith toward God. We have the faith of God. And we're believing you, and it pleases you to believe your words. You're not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. If you said it, we believe it, and it surely comes to pass. Meet every need in the house today. Meet every need in the house today. Touch hearts. Strengthen faith. Strengthen hearts. Strengthen minds today. Strengthen the young and strengthen the old. Strengthen hearts today, Lord. You're the strength of our lives. We echo those words like the psalmist. Lord, you're the strength of our life today. You're the strength of our life today. are praying for one another and if you want to do communion today it's right up here bring your family do communion it's open as they're praying for one another if you want to do communion come on up take your liberty before the Lord
you finish, you could be seated, yeah. Let's just stay in an attitude of worship with our hearts turned to the Lord. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, the third verse. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3. Can you tell the Lord you love him? Will you tell him from your heart? His presence is so, so kind to us. Lord, we love you. If you want to put a hand over your heart and one to heaven, just say, Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. We don't take you for granted. We don't take your presence for granted. We value Jesus. There's no Judas in us devaluing Jesus, selling him out for a few coins and silver. But we give him value. Will you give him value? Honor him from your heart. Honor him in the house. Lord, we honor you. We honor you. We honor you. And we respect you. So we acknowledge your presence here in love and your kindness. We appreciate your presence that is with us. The spirit of truth, the spirit of realization. Aletheia with us, touching hearts and ministering to hearts today. And Lord, we give you this opportunity. Continue to minister to hearts in the house right now. Your presence so very near. We release your purpose and will. Meet the needs in hearts right now. Everything that's hidden, let them come to light in hearts here right now. Begin to set things straight and set things right in hearts today. By your love, by your apprehending what apprehends us. A lot of love in the house today. Just say, thank you, Father. You love me. The Apostle John said, behold what manner of love the Father has given us. Love, love, love. Your love in this house. Meet every need, Lord, as you're hovering over hearts today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, Lord, we don't presume to interpret everything in totality, but obviously your love is here, and it's a, it's a balm of healing. And, Lord, I believe that you... Uh, you mourn with those who mourn, this whole household, this whole family. You mourn with those who mourn. You bring that love and mourning to them right now. And thank you so much for the progression from mourning, Lord, visiting thoughts of fondness, maybe a little bit of sadness, but every time visiting, healed and becoming more and more fond and then happy memories of, Lord. So thank you so much today. Thank you so much today for ministering to this whole household, this whole family, Tim and the whole household. Jimmy, Beth, the whole household, ministering to them and continuing all day long. Lord, how precious are the death of your saints. How precious are the death of your saints, your word declares in Psalms. How precious is Ed's passing, Lord. And Father, we acknowledge you and we thank you for your hand and handiwork on Ed and having him pass and giving him the strength to give up the ghost and leave this earthly body. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lord, that he was able to give up the ghost with strength and leave here with dignity and honor. And we thank you so much, Father. How precious are the death of his saints. So, Lord, with our hearts, we bless you right now. Thank you for Ed, absent from the body and presence with the Lord. Thank you, Father, today. Thank you for the legacy that he's left. Thank you for the impartation. This man that before he departed, he imparted to his sons and daughters, grandchildren. I thank you for that, the respect and the honor of the hoary head and the older men. Let that continue from generation to generation in this whole family and their household. Let honor continue from generation to the next generation. Honor and glory. Old men dream dreams. Young men have visions. Let the two walk together. And we pray, Lord, today, and we continue that you administer to this whole family, this household. We appreciate it, Lord. And I shift when you shift with my whole heart today. Don't want to be insensitive to the Lord. Amen. We don't want to be insensitive. Whatever God wants. And he's ministering to hearts. Let him minister. He's, he ministers quietly within people's hearts. Touches hearts. Cares about families. Cares about all of us. Amen.
I want to read this scripture to you. It says, and we can look up and read it together. Let God minister to you. Still is. There's still a lot of love in this, in this house. And let it unfold in your heart. Some of you, that love is drawing you closer to the Lord Jesus. Sometimes when things begin to happen, people, God begins to love and draws them even closer. Sometimes people, when they see the reality of your life is just a vapor and it's passing away, they just wake up, you know. And if that's you, as I'm talking, you're saying, man, I'm thinking about eternity a lot because of this happening of God. I want my life to have significance like this man's. I, I want my life to be like that. I want to leave this earth with that. If that's what God's doing in you, drawing you by his love, sanctify your heart with him. Just say yes to him. Just say yes. Just say yes, amen. I want that in my life. And you got to know that would please a grandfather. Amen. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith, say your faith, grows exceedingly. And the apostle's heart in this is, is about a growing faith. I want you to tell your neighbor a growing faith, not a stagnant faith, not a fake faith, a growing faith. Say it one more time, growing faith. God's all about our growing, amen? And God's been visiting our house, and I, I, I've been communicating. I was going through Romans 12, and we were, but God's intervened in our hearts because we have a need in growing faith, amen? We'll get back to that other thing about the priesthood of God and all that and callings and elections and selections. We'll get back to that. But God's real and he intervenes and he, he tells us in our lives, in our house, there's a need of faith. And I'm going to impart some faith to you guys. I'm going to take you to the next level of faith. Say from faith to faith. That's what it says in John's gospel. From one level of faith to the next level of faith. The apostle saying it's a growing faith, right? Say I'm growing in faith. I want you to work with God. Work with the songs. Hear what God's saying. Drink it in. Let it affect you. Take hold of it. Lay hold of the eternal life and the promises that he's given us. I want you to get this in your heart. Say, God's not withholding. He's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in a heavenly place. Our problem's not God. Say, God's not mad at me. He's not withholding. Jesus showed the face of the Father. And one guy said, if you really are willing to make me well, will you? And he says in the Greek, I'm earnest about you being well. It's my very heart. I'm designed to make you well in life. Say, that's the heart of the Father. Amen? Say, faith works by love. Say, faith works by his love. Amen? Say, it's time to grow in faith. I'm not in the elementary stages of faith anymore. Some of you are, and I'm glad about it. Let's go to Hebrews 6, King, the, uh, chapter uh, 6, the verse 1. And I'm just going to cap some things that maybe we touched on, but we need to get this. Because we don't want to miss the hour of our visitation. God visits our hearts. I know he did when I was a young man, and there's always an hour of visitation. And that comes, we don't want to miss it. Say, I'm not missing that hour. I'm not missing the hour of visitation. There's a time that God visits us, and, and, it, and we respond to him. He continues with us. Say, I'm not missing it. That word hour of visitation means, in the Greek, episcopus. It means oversight. And I'm not going to miss that hour of oversight. Are you? I remember as a young man, not knowing God, not knowing anything, I remember an hour of visitation in my heart. I remember as a young man, and I talked to many people, and it's a phenomenal thing that kids, when they are six to eight years old, that the Lord visits them, though they don't know it, just like the apostles did. And he said, I'm with you right now, but one day I'm going to be in you. And when we're not saved and we don't know the Lord, he's still drawing us by his presence, right? And I remember that. And I talked to some men. They were six, eight years old. You probably remember in your own life. I had friends, it, it never ceases to amaze me. They remember, they go, you know, when I was six and eight, I remember that God gave me this sense that he would take care of me. He gave me this sense that he would take care of my family. They don't, they're not born again. They don't even know God. They're just little kids. I had a friend say, I remember God visiting me by his presence. And I told him, it's a fun now how many kids are visited by God like this. You probably were. You just don't recall it. But one day when that visiting Jesus comes to you by his spirit, say by his spirit, in presence and he gives you that sense of hey it's gonna be all right one of my friends was in a tough household 
and that sense of his presence said, hey, it's going to be all right. Though your parents aren't with God or not, sorry, it's going to be okay. But one day, he was no longer just with him. He got in him. And when that happens, and when you get born again, you remember, you go, oh, you're the one that was with me, with me when I was a kid, but now you're in me. I'm born again. I recognize that. That I'm making evangelists out of everyone. Amen? That God's already visiting people. Visiting them by His Spirit. One day, He said, I want to be in you. I'm the same one out here, but you know me, but you're, I'm going to be in you. You remember that? You remember that? Good to see you. Hebrews 6. Therefore, let's all read it together. Leaving, say leaving. The principle, principles, plural, of the doctrine of Christ. One translation says, therefore, leaving the elementary. Say elementary. Say we all go to elementary school, right? When we get born again, we go to elementary school. Matter of fact, before I go on with this, I'm going to read you something right before we hit this. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. You don't have to leave, Cain. I'm going to go find it. And then you can stay right where you are so you don't feel like you're hopping all over. Say elementary. Principles. Say we're going on. I'm going on. You're going on. God's always going on. There's no stagnancy in the living Jesus. Amen? There's only stagnancy in religion. They get planted. They get stuck. But not in Christ. Amen? Verse, chapter 5 of Hebrews 11 says it like this. Concerning him. He's talking about Melchizedek type of Jesus it's hard to explain he says and he goes and some of you become dull of hearing for when it's time that you ought to be teacher say I ought to be so I'm gonna be say I'm gonna be you have need again that someone teach you the elementary say elementary principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk say milk and not solid food listen to the apostles charging for everyone who partakes of milk is not accustomed to the words of righteousness. Say words of righteousness. See, the words of righteousness are a little more weighty. Paul's saying, I want you to grow, church. I want you to grow, son. I want you to grow, daughter. I want you to go on. I believe in elementary phases. You must be born again. How many people have received Jesus and are born again in here? They know they have a no-so salvation. They know if they die tonight, they're going to be with him in his presence. How many of you have received Jesus? If you haven't, I'll have a huge altar call right now. Just stick your hands to heaven. If you, if you know that you know the Lord, you've received him, you have eternal life right now, these things are written that you might know you have eternal life. It looks like everybody in here has a no-so salvation. That's the Bible. That's the Word of God. He wants us to know so, not hope so. And everybody raised their hand and said that. These things are written that you might know so. So now that you know, we can go on, right? We can go on to perfection. And so milk's for elementary phases. And... And he said, not laying again foundations. Elementary is milk. And Peter talks about the pure milk of the word. Say pure milk. And some of you are just gotten born again and you're in elementary school. And I realized in my life, in my walk, it's like when you get right with God and you get born again, you get on a divine escalator. I remember that with my wife, myself. Didn't even know God. Cried out to Jesus, save me. Enters my life. Get on an escalator. And my life has never stopped since. Comes over here, then he leads you. To, to the church then he leads you to your giftings then he leads you to your calling said he's not stopping he's not stopping he never leaves you alone it's a progressive walk a progressive walk with jesus amen D jimmy told me put on put on running shoes we're to run a race those shoes are for running they're for making some time right run the race tell your neighbor run the race only time i'm standing still is when i'm doing battle the apostle paul said Having done all to stand, then I'm standing with some fighting shoes. Other than that, I'm running a race. Say, I'm running. I'm leaving. So, so you new ones, you newbies, get the pure word of milk. That's what the church is about. We got pastors, teachers, prophets, apostles, believe it or not, that are still active today. And so the, the, those pastors will bring the milk of the word. I remember when I first got saved, I would go to the altar every single week didn't know anything but just give me lord i need change lord i need change and i remember a man coming uh he, he would end up being a doctor what is he like a, a medical doctor guys that you would never run with i wouldn't run with them they wouldn't run with me but god ordained it right and he said I'm a, i want to take you to the next level with god something you're going to do something with god i want to train you i want to disciple you his name was dr bauman 
He, he teaches in El Paso right now. He's a professor. I would have never been with that guy, but Christ in him. Amen? And so he discipled Anna and myself. Say oversight. For my insight. If I was left alone, all I would have is my insight. Just like Peter. Peter had an insight. I'll never deny you, ever. I know what I believe. And Jesus, the oversight, said, you know what, Peter's sad. You're going to deny me three times. You're going to hear a rooster crow. Say oversight. For insight. It's the way of God. And so I'm so pleased that the young ones that are getting born again, they are continuing. Saying continuing. In the hour of their visitation, they're continuing. And God will make something out of them because of that. This generation needs that. I get calls from young men that, that they're, they're not in oversight. And I say, my only concern for you is, is you have no oversight. You're left to your insight. Your concept of what you think God is and what he's like. But that's not how it works. Get under some full-grown men. Get under some bearded men that have been around a little bit. That maybe have 30-something years of walking with Jesus. Get under some oversight for your insight. That's my only concern. And they tell me, they say, yeah, okay. And I'm telling them, if you want the way of God, the way of God comes from more than watching a TV evangelist or a DVD set. He's called you to his church, and he's called men to be over you. I personally didn't go through all this stuff. I drank all the milk bottles that God gave me, and I drank every cup of suffering, and so will you. Jesus said, you're going to drink that cup. I don't know. Yeah, you are. If you're going to follow him, you're going to drink the same cup. I'm mature. I really am. I'm not going through puberty that high squeak. It's because I hard, right? You see, he's talking about maturity. He's squeaking. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously an experience. Let's go on. And I want to try to get this and condense this at best. But solid food, say solid food. Both items in the Word of God are not just for head knowledge. He said it's for nourishment. He talks about milk, it nourishes us. He talks about meat, it nourishes us. The Apostle John said, this is the book of life that your name's written in, not the book of knowledge. And so we've got to get out of this thing that this book is only about knowledge. No, it's about nourishment. It's about giving us milk that purifies our life. Elementary. Newbies, get the milk of the Word. Get under the overseers. It pleases my heart that some of you are connecting. And some of you are, are connecting with Arthur and a pastor's heart that he'll give you the milk of the word. A pure milk. Are you hearing me? It's not less than. It's a pure milk. Peter says it's got to be pure, this milk. But there's meat. Say there's meat. And there's a lot of older ones in the house. And, and if we don't leave the elementary levels, if we think that there's only one doctrine and we stick and camp around that, and the Lord's saying, I want you to grow up, and my goal is the image and likeness of my son in you. It's not the outward thing. It's the measure of the son formed in us. That's the epistles. That's the reality of God. Say, God, you're in me. Christ is in me. Hope of glory. Treasure in the earthen vessel. He's in me. And he's forming himself. And that's the message of these epistles for our lives. Growth, manhood, maturity, sonship. Amen? The solid food is for the full-grown men. Those who say full-grown men. And I told this young man, if you, if, you, if you are in this situation and you're wanting to, to rock the earth and you're wanting to touch things, I'm so encouraged for your love for God and your hate for sin. But get under some grown men. Don't get under some men that aren't full-grown. Don't get under novice men. Get under full-grown men that can impart to you, that can help train you, because that's the way of God. And we all go His way. Say, Jesus, He's the way. He's the truth, and He's the life. And there's a way that seems right to man, but there's death in it. But there's a way of God. Follow that way. Get in that way. And so they tell, you know, and it's more than... It's more than, I'm glad that they're listening. I'm glad, hey, listen, I'm glad about tapes. I'm glad about DVDs. And if, that, if you're getting something, you're at next level, and they're calling you, and that guy's got a DVD, and he lives in California, then you need to move to get under that authority. If not, then find someone local. Are you listening to me? That's just as much God and fire as anything else. You're going to drink the bottle. Say, I'm drinking the milk. But I'm going to drink the cup as well. The cup of suffering. The cup of his will. Amen? Here I go. But solid food is full-grown men. Say full-grown men. Say it's time for me to man up. Time to grow up. It's time for this next generation. When I come out here, I see so many gifts in kids. 
I see riders. I see mercy gifts. I see so many gifts in their hearts. And I burn in my heart. I say, I want them to be activated. I want them to be released in that place of Christ for their lives. Be furthered. For God's sake, don't sit in churches and be a spectator. Be activated and grow. Like Peter said, as the gift was given to you, so be a good steward over it and minister it. Amen? There's in here, there's leaders in here. Come on up. Say, come on up. Don't you know, don't you know God's been prophesying to us in saying like Ezekiel, I'm giving you waters to swim in. Say, swim. We cannot stay at the shallow end of the pool when we're 65 years old splashing with little kids. We got to go on. We got to go on. Say, waters to swim in. In this house, every individual from the newest to the oldest is going to learn how to swim. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to learn how to swim. I'm not going to splash in the shallow end. I'm going to learn how to swim. It's time for me to swim. He said to the knees, to the hips, swim with God. Amen? Let's go on to the next one, uh, Cain. Uh, the uh, sixth. Yeah. And therefore, let us go on. Say, I'm going on. Say, it's a going on word. It's a going on faith. It's a growing word and a growing faith. And get past the elementary stage. He said, get past it. Tell your neighbor, I'm getting past this. I'm not going to stay here forever. I'm not camping out here. I'm going on in the teachings of the doctrines of Christ. Listen, doctrines are necessary. Hebrews lays it out. They're to keep us on straight paths and not get into air. Doctrines are to keep us on that path so our knees aren't feeble, the Hebrew says. That we're not weak. We stay in paths. But doctrines aren't Jesus. Are you hearing me? Jesus is a person. He's not a doctrine. Those doctrines are to help us. They're not the end of everything. Amen? Therefore, leaving the elementary. Say elementary. Say first phase. Say milk bottles. The elementary teachings of Christ. And advancing steadily. How about you give me the King James? Because there's a lot to read there. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. That word is maturity. Let us go on in maturation. Let us go on into fruit bearing. This is how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, which means his likeness, his image. That was Paul's travail, that Christ would be formed in us. Amen? And not laying again the foundation of repentance. Say, repentance is of God. But repentance is not God. Repentance is a tool. That word would be baptized in. Say baptized. John's baptism was repentance. And he goes, repent. The kingdom's at hand. Get baptized into repentance. Get immersed, that word means. Get soaked in it, but come out and go on now. Behold, the, this is John. Here's my baptism. Get baptized in this water. Now, get out. Look. Behold. Go on. Keep following that Lamb of God. Keep following that one that brings redemption. Keep following that Lamb. And so they did. And they followed that lamb. And then they followed him and got around him. They said, hey, we're going even farther. Where do you dwell? We're not just visiting. Where do you dwell? I want to abide with you. I want everything you have to get to give. Amen? Not laying again. Repentance. Say repentance is a foundation. That means it's laid in our lives. That means we're not to keep laying it over and over again. Have you ever tried? Have you ever seen a building that they keep laying a foundation over and over? It would be ridiculous. It's laid that we walk in it. Say, I walk in it. I'm baptized in it for the rest of my life. I'm immersed in it, so it's a part of my life for the rest of my life, repentance. It's not just some thing I'm at. And the hard thing when you're raising young guys is they think their growth level is the word to the church. Not even close. That's just what you're going through. That's just what you're growing through. But that's not the word to his bride. And I tell these young guys, keep coming. You've got to know the heart of this leadership. Every man, we're pulling for people to come up. And we're pulling for them to be in leadership. Under oversight, though, right? Because you get, you, in the old times, you get people saying, well, I can't believe you didn't put that guy in leadership. I can't believe you did. Huh? They're, they're charging you. I can't believe you put him in leadership. I can't believe you did. Because there's a way of God. And we want everyone to come up. Say, come up. We want every single person to come up higher, but they're going to be under oversight, under some grown men, not a TV show. Are you hearing me? And their grown men are going to grow them in him. Amen? Just as much a part of the word of God as everything else. 
So I tell these young guys, good for you. You're growing in God. Come up higher. Here's your gift. It's growing in God. Come up higher. Now your next phase of your life is to be a husband to your wife. Because if you can't rule in the house, in your own house, how can you rule in the house of God? That's still the Bible, right, folks? Amen or oh me? If you can't rule your house, how are you going to touch his? And I tell these young guys, keep it up, man. You're going to be a man of God. You're growing. Keep it up. You're going to be a husband to your wife. Keep it up. Because if you handle her, your bride right, he'll let you touch his and be the friend of the bridegroom. But not yet. Not yet. Not, not out here and your life's in shambles. Not out here without any oversight. You're not touching his bride ever. There's a way of God. Amen. And I'm charging these guys, and, I'm, and they're asking, uh, you want it? And I'm telling the one guy, you want this? You, you, you come on strong. I'm glad. Let's not dance anymore. Let's not pretend. You know what? It's like Paul said in Galatians. I'm not going to pretend. He said, it's a new creation. You're going to walk in him. And the next verse, he said, listen, enough of this. I got some stripes. I'm not arguing about it anymore. I drank those cups. I drank those bottles. You want them? You want to wear big boy pants? Then come up this way. Huh? That's the way of God. No shortcuts, huh? Say, Craig makes huge room. Say that. Elders make huge room. But this generation is going to have oversight for their insights. They're not going to run around like Hebrew says. And, and you see, you'll get mad at me like I'm cussing. But Hebrew says that they're not acting like God's sons. Well, I did that very graciously. You read, you read King James. It gets a little brutal. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection and maturity. Not laying again. Not keep laying again. Say, I'm not laying it again. I'm getting repentance. I'm going to live that repentance. Not to be repented of ever again. From dead works and a faith toward God. Say, faith toward God. Say, that's an elementary one. That's faith toward God. That's the beginning of our salvation. Faith toward God. We didn't have God in us. We had to call on Him. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Faith toward God. My voice. <clears throat> I think I blew it out last night at prayer. We had a good night of prayer. Yeah. Don't miss prayer. You know, if you want to be a man, Jesus said, men ought to always pray and not lose heart. So one, one guy came and said, I've, I've been in corporate prayer like this. Uh, I said, good. And he said, but I believe in everything you're saying. But I said, yeah, basically most people won't pray corporately because they're so self-conscious. And I know that. We all went through that. But what you do is you get in the church and you get among those people that are praying and you'll get that impartation as well. And you'll battle and overcome your self-consciousness that, oh, wait a minute, they'll hear me. Yeah, they're going to hear you. How can we agree unless we, we hear them? So that's good news, right? Let us go on from dead works of faith toward God. Say toward God. And that's a saving faith. That's when we had to have faith towards him. And that's one level, right, of the doctrine of baptism. Say baptisms. Do you see, does that have an S? How many of you see an S? Raise your hand. Is there, is there really an S? Huh? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I can look at it in the Greek. I can look at it backwards. But it still has a doctrine of what? Say, that Aggies do that? Okay, you guys know how to do it. Don't do that whoop and all that stuff right now. You'll get me off course. Whoop, don't do that. Hold that gun down. Hold that one down. Whoop, whatever you do. Baptisms, right? Baptisms, meaning there's more than one. And listen to me, if we're, not in, in, if we're not in the shallow end of the pool, and the Lord's love for us, and His zeal for us to stay, come out of the shallow end, just look to the right up the street, look to the left, look way past the city, and tell me where people have camped out in the church, the Lord's church, it's supposed to be the Lord's church. Where have they camped out? Don't be afraid, you guys. Baptism of what? Water. And the Lord's saying, hey, there's so much more. So, yeah, you're going to get baptized in baptisms. Not only is there a baptized in water, but there's a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then there's a baptism of fire. Then there's a baptism into his church and into his body, the Apostle Paul said. Then there's a baptism into suffering, Jesus said. Yeah, ooh, say, I drink milk, but milk's for babies. Some of us got to drink cups. Point at your neighbor because it hurts you so bad. <laughs> Some got to drink cups. And there's a cup of suffering. We're all to drink. And though we say we're not going to drink it, Jesus said we are. If you stay on that escalator with God, you're going to drink that drink. There's probably baptisms that I missed that you guys might even said. But water, Holy Spirit, fire, suffering, the body. Well, I, might, I might have the cloud staying in the corporate Christ's presence. What else? Am I missing one? Who? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I got six at least. And most of you have barely drank one. So if you haven't been baptized in water, today's a good day to sign them up. Sign them up. Right? And if you haven't the Holy Ghost, sign them up. He's right here. He ain't going nowhere. Right here after service like a pillar. Come on. What do you want? We got it all. Water baptism? Holy Spirit? Fire? We got, he's got it all in his coat. We got it all. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got those. He's got those. I got that one. I went through that one. I got this one. I got this. I got it for you. And then you come on this side over here and say, I got to drink a cup of, of his will, not my will. Come over here. Come over here. That's kind of how he bent me. Come over here. I told that young guy, I will see to it. You'll drink every cup. And I'll be brutally honest with you if you're saying this is what you want. And you're feeling that froggy that you're, I, I, want, I want you to know, know the way of God. I committed to you. I commit to you to drink. I'll make you drink every cup. Amen? It's the way of God. And I hope they, that they, they will do so. I hope they will follow that. But, there's, you know, there's enough of pretense and dance around. I like what he said. I said something about, yeah, good to know you. He goes, do we really know everybody? I said, no, I like your honesty. Fact is, I'm just acquainted with you. I don't know you at all. But I know you. And I stick around you. I'm going to know you more because I know in here who this guy is. You follow what I'm saying? So I like that. That makes me, it works for me. All the, the mask and the tears of the clown when nobody's around don't work for me. Give me that sound. Give me that sound that that kid, that one right there said. You think, you think, no, no, I know they don't know. My fangs come out. I'm already like, ah, let's do this. Let's get into this. That's because it's reality. And I like that. No dancing. I told this young guy, the first time in my life, we quit dancing and pretending. How are you, Craig? How are you? How are you? How are you? And then he tells me one thing. Then you grab their heart. Say, you want this? Come follow him. Right? And the ones that are doing it in this hour of visitation are growing. I thank God for what Jeanette's doing in her life. I thank God that she's following and starting to drink the milk and drink the whole cup. I thank God for those people that they don't miss it. They don't depreciate. Say depreciate. Sometimes some of you close your eyes. You might even, you might think this, but you might got a Judas spirit. You sell out and devalue what God's given to you. You make light of it. You think it's nothing. That's a form of betrayal. I know it gets tight, but it's nevertheless the truth. If you're selling out his value in you, the treasure that he made you, and if you're selling out the glory and the treasure in his church, and if you're selling it out in this, in this kind of man right here, that's a form of Judas and betrayal and de-appreciating the Christ in the person and the Lord in your walk. It's time to wake up every generation. No more de-appreciation. Appreciate the Lord. Amen? Boy, it gets tight when people say, well, I'm not Judas. I just heard some change hit the ground. <laughs> I, I heard some change. I just heard some change hit the ground. If you're appreciating him, God bless you. Keep going. But if you're devaluing him, I had a buddy. He said, Craig, that's a sin of familiarity. I said, yeah, that's depreciating. That's betraying. A few silver coins. You know what happens to Judas's? They go, man, I think I'm sick of this part of God. It seems so hard to follow Jesus. And I'm just, okay, here's my coins. Yes, I'm selling out. They're the most miserable later. And they want to go hang themselves. And we're saying, no, no, no. Don't hang yourself. Just repent of that Judas spirit and come back like Peter. You don't got to die and kill yourself. Come back because the Lord still wants to work with you. And go tell Peter. And go tell Peter. Sometimes you need to hear that message when you screw everything up in life. And you go, oh, I'm done. God's done with me. Peter didn't hang himself, but he stayed out there fishing until the Lord said, now go tell Peter. He's still mine. Go tell him he's still mine. Amen? Tell your neighbor, go tell Peter. If you know some Peters in your life that have, they think they failed so much, go tell them. You failed. You're done. Let's get back in this. Let's grow back in this. You don't have to be a Judas and hang yourself. You don't got to stay out there forever and go tell Peter, come on back. Amen? That's our job. Do the work of the evangelist. You know, people want, they, some of these guys, honest truth, I'm going to be honest truth. Some of these guys, that they're, they're preaching to the church that they're in, calling it Babylon, when God told them and called them out and said, leave it. Why are you hollering at it? I called you to go, come out of it. If you want to be an evangelist, the, the world is lost. That's who needs to hear that message. Huh? But I know those, some of those evangelists are not going to leave with their suits and ties because they got no paycheck. But God is the prover of the heart. 
First day I got saved, I didn't make a dime. I was working. I was evangelizing everywhere I went. That's the normal Christian life. Make my job stay back three hours. Sometimes I was nicer than Jesus and stupid. Gave guy my jacket, all that. And he said, thanks, you're so nice, but I'm not giving my heart to Jesus. I'll give you back my jacket then. I, spent, I, I was three hours behind work, my schedule. But you've got to keep doing it. And you've got to know if God sees a young man like that that's not getting a paycheck, that didn't come out of such and such institution, and let me put my tie on before I win anyone, you've got to know he's going to use that someone. Say you. So some of these guys barking at the tree uh, of the certain church that they're in, they need to come out of it and go win the world purely without a paycheck. Some of us have done that. It's the way of God. Sometimes Paul said, you just make some tents so these guys will know you're not those greedy little pretend preachers. Go ahead and do what you got to do. But my goal is that you make your living by the word of God in prayer. Amen? Amen. It's still, it's still God's word. I know. You say, all the doctrines of baptism. Say, there's more than one baptism. Say, I'm coming out of the shallow end. If I see a, 90 year old, a 95-year-old man splashing me in that water, I got to bring him out and either drown him or get him to swim deeper. If you want to stay there, I'm going to drown you. But you got to go on and swim. And the laying on the hands. Say laying on the hands. That's a part. Laying hands on the sick that they will recover. Lay hand and ordain elders in every church. Huh? It's, a, it's, still, it's still God, right? And resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Say I'm not under the judgment of God. Tell your neighbor. If you're saved, and everybody raised their hand today, you're not under the judgment. Jesus took your judgment. He's going to continually work with you as a son and daughter. He'll instruct you. He'll correct you. And he'll grow you up. But you're not under judgment. Amen? That's the people without Christ, outside of Christ, not in Christ. You're going to have another judgment of your stewardship. And what you did with his life and his calling and his command to your life. But that's not a, you're not going to a place forever. You've already been judged. Amen? Amen? All right. Are you getting anything out of this? I don't want to talk forever, but I do want to talk and get the heart of God out here. So growing on. So let's get back to what I was talking about. So the elementary principles of faith. Say elementary faith. That was when we had faith toward God, right? Sometimes that's the beginning of a saving faith, we'll call it. That you had to call on the Lord. Lord, come into my life. Lord, be my life. And that's really what it means. When you give your heart to Jesus, when you confess him as Lord, and then you, you follow him in baptism, that's what it really means. My life is yours, right? And I'm on that escalator, and I'm going to drink that milk, but I'm going to drink those cups, and I'm going to the next thing, right? And Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, okay, you got faith. That's what she was singing. Where'd she go? Where'd she go? Sarah. Nursery. Okay. She was singing something about you have the faith of God or have faith. God have something about faith. You have it. And that's what we have. If you look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he said, we've been given. Say given. A measure of faith. See, Jesus' disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And he's like, You're, it's gonna. Because it's in you. It's like a seed. When you plant it, it's gonna grow. Look at the word of growing faith. Look at this word in the Greek. It's hooper, hooper anoxone. I'm not a Greek scholar here. It's to increase beyond measure. Say, my faith is increasing beyond measure. It, it's, it means... Uh, to increase exceedingly, increase exceedingly or beyond measure. Growing is tele, tele, I don't know, it's like tele, I can't even say it, so I'll let Jimmy do it later. It, says, it means a completion, cumulative sense, built on what is to proceed. Also supports the stage that must come next. Say it's got to come next. It means consummation. 5047 50, if you're looking in the Greek. Then suggests a combination of truths. The stage of spiritual growth. Say this with me. The stages of spiritual growth. The cum accumulation, which also supports future consummation. Say that's growth. That's what God's asking us. He said, I'm giving you waters to swim in. Amen? I'm going to swim in them. I'm going to keep following him. Do not draw the line on God. Just keep going. Come into his church. Come into those next baptisms. Come into his body. Come into your callings and elections, right? So you can go out and shake the world for God. Amen? We need that for this generation. We can't have spectators. Amen? So Jesus said, he said, I'm taking it to the next level. 
from that, from that elementary level. In Mark 11, he said, have the faith of God. And I can't get away from it. You could try all you want to. Every Greek translator, every Vulgate, every Latin uh, translation says when Jesus in Mark 11 was communicating to Peter and his disciples, it was this. Have the faith of God. It rocks people's brains. I know it does, but it's the word of God. Say the word of God. Say, if I believe part of it, I got to believe all of it. So he said at that point when they said to him, Hey, what did you just do? You spoke to a tree. Something happened. What took place? And he came back and charged him, have the faith of God. I'm, I did this, and I'm teaching you how to do it. And, my, and that faith of God is like Paul the Apostle taught in Romans chapter 10. And Paul the Apostle said like this, don't say anymore, come down from heaven, God. And don't say, come up. But say this, Romans 10, whoever wants to find it, and if you want to holler it to Cain, you want to look at it on your own. He said, but from now on, in this new covenant reality, in these epistles that Paul saw the Lord with, he said, quit saying that Old Testament thing. God, come down and do something. God, come down and send fire, Elijah. God, come down and visit the wicked. God, come down. He's not that way in your heart, he said. The word is near you, as close as your mouth, say your mouth, and your heart. He said, that's the word, the apostle Paul said, the word of the epistles. The word of the growing church, that you're not calling for this. Come down, come down, come down. Don't say that. Say the word is nigh thee. It's in thy heart and thy mouth. It's as close as that. Anybody find that for me? 10.8, Cain. Romans 10.8. So we're talking, you know, in a growing God, in a growing faith, we're talking about an inward Christ. And you're talking about, we're talking about growing in faith. We're talking about getting to the place of mature faith and manly faith in God. I really did strain my voice. I sound like I'm 102. And we're talking about that kind of faith. But what says it? Let's all read it because some of you look at me like, I don't, I'm still going to tell them to come down. Well, <laughs> you know how you do. You tell them all the things. I don't care. I'm still going to be like Elijah and tell them, come down. Send fire. But we're in the New Testament with the New Covenant word, right? With the epistles that we're to follow as well, right? The Gospels showed us Jesus. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. But the epistles are the next level. Say next level. I can always tell what dispensation a guy lives in when they come to me and, they, and, and they're like this. Because there was four falls in Genesis. And there was, where was Adam, right? Genesis 1. Adam was walking with God in the cool of the day. Adam had fellowship with God. His spirit. Say his spirit. That's why you're born again. You're, you become alive in spirit. You don't know how many people that, that are in gym and workout places that they go, they go like Buddhism instead of christendom they're looking for central peace they're looking for that thing they're looking for the awakening of their spirit that only comes by the regeneration of jesus you know what i'm saying and 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 most of the religious church that wants to say i don't have a spirit that's spooky no you must be born again where in your spirit jesus rebirthed your spirit that means regenerated that means he made it alive amen so the church, though, people have been flaky and weird, hanging from chandeliers, called spirit things that were just a bunch of fanaticism. And they wrecked it, right? Tried to muddy the water. But God is a spirit. Say he's a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And he said this, there's a spirit in man. And the inspiration, Job says, of Almighty God. Those guys weren't afraid of saying spirit. Amen? Say, I'm not afraid. Born again of an incorruptible seed. By his spirit. Say, by his spirit. I want to take the edge and the muddy off that flakiness that people say. I remember I told you a couple weeks ago. And I don't care. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. It's, it's, not, it's not about maybe the, 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 uh, the denomination. It's about the people that come out of it that are goofy. And I remember I told you I went to the cancer center. And that man, he said, well, I'm, I'm Pentecostal in holiness. And I told the doctors I worship so hard, I almost passed out. And I say that's because I told my friend, friend Anna, I think that's hyperventilating. That wasn't a heavenly experience. <laughs> you means you, you sweated so hard and kangaroo hopped so far that you almost passed out. And then you want to make these poor doctors that I'm wanting to win to Jesus <laughs> by a testimony. And they're like, whoa, I don't want nothing to do with that. Amen? Say, I'm a spirit. I worship God in spirit and truth. We have the spirit of Christ in us, whereby we cry out the Father. And, and it'll do us good once we're awakened in spirit. You all raise your hand. That we cultivate our spirit with God. Paul said, cultivate the gifts. That's where the destiny of God is. That's where the dream, the dream that God put in you, Joseph. 
Joseph, the, the other Joseph. That's where it's at right here. And Paul says that even in preaching the gospel, what you preach with my spirit, say my spirit. And that's why we worship. People say, what? why are you worshiping? This young man that came to prayer, he said, Craig, you know, a lot of things are going on in my life, and I never experienced brokenness is the words. And I said, don't feel bad. I didn't. First time I got saved, I was hard as a rock. Life entered me. I sat in the back of the church with claws. I said, what am I doing in here? And then as I got, kept coming and kept coming, there's a spirit that God birthed in me. And my soul was so huge, man, my, my prides, my self-awareness, I can't say it out loud, my being embarrassed, I wouldn't say a word. When they come say something, put my head down, All of it, eventually that cultivating of the spirit began brokenness in my soul, my self-awareness. And all of a sudden that, that part of God becomes so real to you, you can't help but weep. Because you're a living spirit, Paul said. You're a life-giving spirit, he said. He said you're more than a living personality. Amen. And so every kid that comes in here, every older person that comes in here, we're striving that part of Christ is formed in them. That it's part of the normal Christian thing. Right? We have too much fanaticism that people don't want to hear reality. And we have too much fundamentalism that they're, they're, they got the veil of Moses. We've got to have the, the reality of Jesus. Amen? Say he's in me. Amen. But what, says, well, what does it say? The word is near you. Say it's near me. It's in my mouth. It's in my mouth. It's in my mouth. <laughs> there we go. I love that. I mean, that hum, that buzz, that pirate sound. <laughs> and in my heart. Say in your heart. Which is the word of faith. Say it's the word of faith. Say it's the word of faith. Which we preach. Right? Go up one verse uh, more. I think it's or two. Six. Six. Okay. But the righteousness which we speak speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Seven. Seven. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ, uh, Christ again from the dead. Verse 8. And we're going to read it one more time. But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, that which is the word of faith which we preach. And Jesus said to his disciple, Peter, they said, I recognize and I remember that you spoke to that tree. You can't be afraid to say things. You can't be. Jesus said in John 44, how can, how can you receive if you have the fear of man? How can you believe is what he said. How can you believe if you want the approval of men? And Jesus training us as a disciple saying, you can't sit in the back row all quiet anymore. You can't sit back there anymore. Do you think I wanted to talk? I, I wanted the benefit and the reality of God, so I'm going to talk. If he says jump, I say how high. Because I want to be in this. If I didn't follow him wholeheartedly, I wouldn't be following him at all. Couldn't live this way. So if he's starting to cultivate in your discipleship from calling out from afar to saying, hey, you got faith in you. Have the faith of God. The God kind of faith. Every translator says it. That faith is in you. It's a measure, Romans 12, 3, that's in you. Now let's grow that faith. But you're going to have to use that faith. Say, use it. That means I want you to say to some of the mountains in your life some things. I want you to overturn the things that have cheapened your life. I want you not to permit money changing and all those things. I want that sanctified in your life. Amen? And I want you to say to some mountains and say to some, some trees, and I want you to say to, to things that aren't of God in you, I want you to say those things. Bear no fruit from now forever. And it says, and they heard him, and he kept walking. Amen? So tell, so tell your neighbor, faith speaks. Because they heard him. Don't be afraid to be heard. People ask me, you know, how's things going? I said, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm laying hold of eternal life. That's not just for my salvation. That word means lay hold of eternal life constantly. Just like that word in Hebrews 12. We are receiving a kingdom. That's constantly from God. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm laying hold constantly of eternal life. Amen? So I'm not going to be afraid to say that. And if you are, you're going to go back and God's going to convict you and you're going to go back and say, I'd rather be a pleaser of God than a pleaser of men. Let me try it again. Put my big boy pants on. So how's this going in your life? Laying hold of eternal life, fighting the good fight. Can you not say that? Does that sound ultra to you? But we got to say it, right? 
So he said, he said to the thing, he said, curse those things that are, aren't bearing fruit in your life. The Lord's basically type fine. I don't like showy things. I don't care about big leaves. I don't care about the big tree. I care about the fruit that you're bearing. And he says, I want you to bear fruit. I don't want you to be the big showy thing. You know, it's taken me 32, uh, 32 years of being with the Lord. It's taken my last blow in my life is that he's not really interested in all the outward success. That took me with a different kind of faith. That took me being with a Joseph kind of faith, being stunk, 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 stunk in the dungeon, stuck in the prison house, ministering to a few butlers and bakers. And God's word, and I'm going to say sometimes in my life, let me out. <laughs> I prophesied to you once again, prophesied to you, let me out. Don't forget me. And the Lord said, you're not getting out of here, Craig, with, the, with from a baker's word. You're going to get out of here from a tried word. You're going to have bearded faith. Say bearded faith. You're going to have mature faith. And there's nobody biblically that I see more dealings in than Joseph in in the dealings of faith. Because we have faith toward God. Say faith toward God. Elementary. Then we're learning the faith of God. To choose to believe, add our will to what he said, and don't doubt. Choose not to doubt. But choose to believe that those things that he said and you said with him are coming to pass. Amen? But there's, a, there's another faith. There's a bearded faith. There's a maturing of faith. And that one's sometimes on the final stages of, of a man or woman's life. That there's dungeons and prisons that are set up for us. Amen? Tell your neighbor, I don't want to live in that prison forever. <laughs> so I want to learn God's heart in that. I want to learn that. I told you before, when you're young, you get, you get right with God. It seems like you go, oh, God, help me. And boom, you're out of the trouble, just like that trial. You're out like that. And then as you're growing, he goes, hey, man, you're going to stay in this boat a little longer. It's, it, but it's a storm, Lord. I'm going to get rid of the fear in your life because I told you we're going to make it. Use your faith. Oh, come on. I'm correcting you. I told you how you would. Come on. So we, we were growing, right? But then on the, it says, say the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. We're going to grow in it. And this, this bearded faith, this Joseph-type faith, you know, I, I, I was marveling, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that Jimmy and Beth have been out of, out of situations and trials that they were in so hard. I mean, the last of their, their fiery trials, the, to not think it a strange thing, the Bible tells us, was amazing to me. You know, bad reports about uh, Ed and all these things, that, you know, and then getting a flat tire. Then the, the, getting a flat tire on a hill and getting a flat tire where you can almost get killed. And that's all in one day, right? But they've been in seasons of fires and purgings and all that stuff. But all of a sudden, there comes that open door, and, and the prison's done. You're done. You're out. And you, you handled it the right way, like Joseph did. I, I told them both, man, the awesome thing, I've never seen. I've never seen two people other than my in-laws. Where'd my wife go? Angie and Sal Carnelli. Be such caretakers, such stewards of God and stewards of what God's given them, such care. I've never seen two people do that but my in-laws. I've never seen it. And I said, man, when you, when you can live your life, when you're in your prison house and you've given it all and you've left it all on the field, you left it all on the mat, you left it all, and there's no regret, that's an amazing thing. Amen? And listen to me. People, when I say that, they get, you feel that vibe. Close your eyes. If you feel like you have regret in something that God placed you in and that you compromise it or you didn't fulfill it to the most, there's no regret in Christ, man. There's only repentance. There's no regretting. There's only repenting. Because the thing is, if you felt like you felt short in any one of your situations, that as I'm acknowledging them, and I'm talking about your life and your world, and I'm talking about my life and my world, if you feel that regret as I'm saying that, it stings you. Then just repent. There is no regret in God. Get back up. You only learn in Jesus unless you quit Jesus. So don't be that regretter. Just be that repenter. Ah, I should have stayed with this a little bit longer, God. Amen? I'm going to wrap it up because I know that a lot of information came. But I want to take you through this, and I'm going to close it with this. We were talking about elementary faith. We're talking about developing, cultivating the faith that God gave us by saying. And we're talking next probably, if God permits, about maturing faith, about faith uh, illustrated by Joseph's life, about that kind of faith, about a maturing faith, about a faith that when you didn't do something wrong to get in the situation you were in, but you did everything right, that kind of faith when, when you start growing a beard and, and you're placed in a prison house, 
that kind of faith. But you don't break, just like Luke said. Remember Luke 8, 18? It was a parable. Say parable. Parable means para, to throw alongside of, to illustrate. It was an illustration about a judge. He didn't say it was God. He said, I'm going to illustrate for you about this judge, right? And, and that kind of faith, he said, I would that men always pray. Ought to. Say ought to. Without losing heart. And that's, that's a man kind of faith. That's a bearded faith beginning. But I want to illustrate next week, more than likely, God permits. Well, I think he will permit because Arthur's out of town and Jimmy's out of town. Isn't that right? So, yeah, he's totally permitting. <laughs> so, because, yeah, you know, you always make, you always say, you guys got anything? You got anything? And, uh, yeah, it's not going to happen next week. <laughs> they say, I got anything? And he's out in, in Boston at the Yankees game. It's a home run. And he's texting these sparks. Jimmy's over there. Moi, Paris. Bon appetit. So guess what we get to eat? Right? Say Joseph kind of faith. Say a bearded kind of faith. Say a maturing faith, an unrelenting faith, a dutiful faith. See, listen, we're going to set in order. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to set in order in our lives today, and we're going to set in order in his, this church. The order of the Father, the order of the kingdom. And I want you to pray it in his order because most people have it backwards. They have, when we pray, Jesus came down from the mountain, right? He goes on the mountain, he comes down, and he goes in that place, and he goes, they say, teach us to pray, and he goes, I'm going to teach you how. And I'm going to change the order. I'm going to put in the order of my kingdom. You guys have it. Most, of, most people that I always counsel or run into, they have, give us. Forgive us. Deliver us. Feed us. Right? Say, God wants to do that. But he's going to shift the order in my life and your life forever. And we're going to pray in this manner. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come let your will be done in my life on this earth as it is in heaven then give us but first you our faith is shifting right like abraham's from existing faith for things for our existence to things for his purpose tell your neighbor my faith is shifting from outward things all about me my existence, my feeding, my needing, he'll do that, but for his purpose now. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if God spoke to you today about being devaluing, deappreciating, and throwing around some coins instead of valuing Jesus in his church, I want you to raise your hand. No one's looking. I'm looking. I'm going to agree with you. I see that. I see the hands. Put them up there high. I see those hands. Go ahead. Stick them up there boldly. That's what God wants. Men. Men of God. Yes. Yes. I love that. Men and women of God. Amen. And we're going to pray in a second. And you acknowledge that before the Lord. And just raising of that hand breaks the shackle off your life. I had a beautiful young little girl come to me. Said I was so cute. She cried. I don't want to be here. But I was involved in this. And pow. I said, how do you feel now? She goes, I feel free. I feel liberated. So, Father, we're praying. Let's everyone pray together. Father, we acknowledge right now in our lives anything that we have deappreciated. Jesus Christ, in my life, in his church, we're repentant of right now. We turn from that. We bring it to the light. And we turn from it right now. We receive forgiveness. We receive cleansing. We receive it from all unrighteousness. Every bit of it cleansed right now, Lord. Every bit of it forgiven right now. And right now, we value you as Lord, as Christ, as King. We value you and who you are. We value your body. We value the treasures. In every earthen vessel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him praise. Yeah. Amen. It's a good word today. I'll tell you what, it doesn't really... It's not a real encouraging thing to say, yeah, let's go to prison together, me and you. But 
that's where we end up. Uh, we go through the trials, the, the testings, and the bearded faith comes with time and maturity in God. Uh, all the all the blessings of God come along with all that stuff. And um, maybe when I get back, I'll I'll uh, cover some things. But I want to I want to say that uh, that bearded faith is speaking to me. That you know, just a word, and, and uh, we've been on it for a few weeks, and. Uh, you know, when you've been through some things, you can look back at those things. Until you've been through them, you can't look back. Looking back at them teaches you something, reminds you of something, t- tells you again what God had done, has done and helps you get through the next one. In fact, it gives you faith to say, I don't have to wait till it's done and look back anymore. I can say while it's happening, God is with me. His perfect timing is here. His love for me is here. You know, you don't have to wait till the other side and look back and say, oh, wasn't that that amazing? You can say right in the middle of it, this is amazing. So that's where I'm getting in the middle of all this bearded faith stuff.